0: Great, well I thank you for those prayers. Would you like to turn in the Bibles to page 1118, 1118, and I hope you find yourself in Paul's letter to the Colossians. Colossae was one of the churches that he helped to found. He's writing to them here about living for Jesus, living Christian lives. I'm gonna start reading from chapter three and verse one and go through to um, verse 17. I think the NIV heading is helpful this time. Living as those made alive in Christ. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May we pray. Lord, we sit here this morning longing to live holy lives, longing to live Christian lives that make a difference in our world. And we believe in and trust your word to feed and equip us, your spirit to quicken your word to our hearts. And we ask that you would shape and strengthen our will, that we might live for you. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, can I refer you to the little insert, the little sheets, the necessity of replacing Colossians 3, um, as a sort of addendum, I guess, to uh, what I've been teaching on recently. Uh, the framework for repentance. This, I'm, I'm told it's not a pink sheet, it's a mauve sheet. We had some discussion midweek about what color I was calling the sheet. Um, we moved on quickly, you'll be pleased to know. But there are various copies of these still at the back, uh, the desk at the back. Do pick them up there, these five R's for repentance. Uh, This turning around, this this, uh, entering into new life, to recognize where we've gone wrong, to repent, to receive Christ's forgiveness, to rebuke the activity of the enemy, and finally to replace our former lifestyle with a new pattern of behavior, a new way of thinking and being and acting. And so on the notes there, replacing requires a commitment of the heart, the mind, and especially the will. And I think you see that in all of Paul's letters, really, uh, but particularly this one here to the Colossians. I mean, just look back with me so we can hit chapter three running, as it were. Chapter two and verse six, just on the left-hand side there. As he's working through this, his argument, he says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. And just down at verse nine. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. So continue to live in him and allow him to live in you, him who is the fullness of everything. He, he is going to be ultimately where every individual stream, every individual pathway, and every individual route will lead. All of creation is working towards the time when we see Jesus enthroned, as we sang earlier, and filling all of creation with his truth, his beauty, his imagination, his power, his love. And we have been given him. We call ourselves Christians, Christ in a person. He is living and seeking to work that out in us. So really, this... Uh, topic of replacing, this this, uh, living as those made alive in Christ, is how do we cooperate with what God is already doing? How do we go with him? Where can we lift the handbrake in our lives so that we drive more effectively, more efficiently? It involves the heart, the mind, and the will. Actually, do you mind if I just, I'm going to subvert the headings, Same headings, but I just want to start with the mind, number two on your notes. But let me start talking about that first of all. Look in verse two of chapter three. Since then we've been raised by Christ. Verse one, Paul says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above. That's the first way in which we can replace our former lifestyle, our former activity, with a renewed lifestyle, renewed activity, renewed thinking, renewed imagination. Set our minds on where we're heading. Set our minds on things above. Now, just a word on the mind. The mind, uh, our brain, tends to think in sort of straight lines, sequentially, chronologically. It likes um, logical uh, thinking It likes concepts. It feeds on that. It builds a body of knowledge. It builds and develops arguments, policies, and so on. That's how the mind works. It's wonderful. And you can see the way in which Paul appeals to the way in which the mind works all the way throughout this letter. Um, so, for example, just that logic I've appealed to there. You've, been, you've received Christ, so continue to live in him and as he is full, you will be full. Well, look at um, the, the logic and the way in which Paul appeals to the mind in the first few verses of chapter three. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts and your minds on things above. Four, verse three, you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Follow the line of reasoning, he says to the Christian mind. Christ died and was raised to new life and is now seated with the Father in glory. And if you are Christ followers, then you have died to your former way of life. God has raised his new life in you, that sense of being born again within. And that is the life that you're now living until the end of time when you join with him, live with him, rejoice with him. Doesn't that make sense? Does that follow logically? <laughs> it does The three of us this morning. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 but it does. We, we can follow that line of reasoning. The mind is being fed there with a, a gentle little, yes, I see that. It follows. Paul is exhorting us, the mind. And, and so uh, further on in this chapter... It therefore follows, doesn't it? That in verse five, we'll put to death whatever belongs to the earthly nature. We'll throw off the things that hinder this new life. And he gives a list there, which the mind loves. The mind loves lists, to-do lists and things like that. Wonderful. And um, verse 12, uh, as God's chosen people, having thrown off these past behaviors and attitudes, we'll look to put on, or wear, we'll look to live in, a new set of behaviors, and he gives them there 12 and 13 and 14. Uh, I'm not going to spend time, we might, as house groups, midweek when we meet, uh, looking at those things, but I'm not going to spend time on that now. I've put on the back of the sheet, uh, just reproduced, a, a, a list of verses that we had earlier on in the term. Truth. Just, j- these are concepts, these are, these are truths, these are realities that the mind actually quite likes getting hold of. And they are for us to soak our mind, to marinate our mind in. You know, there's nothing better as a a nice sunny day, a barbecue, uh, not long off now. And isn't it brilliant just to get a bit of steak and marinate it in juices, a bit of alcohol, whatever it might be. So it's just soaked and the flavor is all the way through the meat. These truths here are to marinate our minds. The deep truth of God. Going deeper than whatever lies pedal around and manifest themselves in the world in which we live today. The truth of God who made us, who knows how we tick, and who is the fullness in Christ, is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The thing is that we can learn all those verses and uh, so that we know them off by heart. Our brain can churn out all that truth. And yet, if we're honest, if I'm honest, the truth of what my mind knows of Christ, the truth of what my mind knows about where I am in relation to Christ, my position in Christ, not old creation, but new creation, not subject to the, the, the ruler of this age, as the Bible puts it, but now a son in my father's house. I know that in my mind, and yet the reality in my life, my experienced reality, so often falls short of that. I don't feel like that all the time. I don't know whether I know that in my, well, in my heart, my biblical heart. I don't just mean in the emotions. The heart is where the imagination is, where there's sort of the, the, the feeling of fully of self, that element of us that knows ourselves other than just a thinking being, where the emotions and the feelings, the imagination is. And that's why second heading, number one on the sheets, the art of replacing involves not just feeding the mind with God's truth. It involves feeding the heart as well. And you notice Paul, having appealed all the way through the letter to the mind, also appeals to the heart. Chapter three, verse one. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on things above. Um, To complement the mind, the heart thinks, if that's not a, contradiction, it isn't. The heart thinks or sees in terms of imagery, in terms of picture. We were talking about Gideon the other day. When the angel appeared to Gideon and God spoke through the angel to Gideon, he didn't give Gideon a kind of battle resume. Gideon, here's the deal. Israel really small and uh, shrunken. Midianites everywhere. They're stealing your land. They're stealing all your crops. And we need to overcome them. I've got a plan for you. Didn't it? The very first thing that God said to Gideon was, greetings, mighty warrior. He put a picture before Gideon. And that is what spoke to Gideon's heart. Gideon knew in his mind the situation, but the Lord needed to speak to Gideon's heart, mighty warrior. Or think of Peter, kind of uh, uh, impulsive, compulsive guy, kind of up and down, uh, heart on his sleeve guy. And Jesus knows he's got a plan for the church and Peter is the first to confess who Jesus is. He knows who Jesus is as revealed by God. And what does Jesus say? You sit down and say, right, we need a church planting strategy. Let's, let's, sort of, let's work it out rationally. The first thing Jesus says to Peter is, you're a rock. To the guy who's up and down and all over the place, to the guy who's going to deny him, you're a rock, a picture of solidity, a picture of foundation. He speaks to his heart, and then he says, Peter, you know, we've got a plan. Heart and Mind. Together need to receive the, the concepts, the, the truth as uh, as revealed and set out in Scripture, and allow the Spirit of God to build and grow a picture. Look at the picture language amid the appeal to the mind. In Colossians three, uh, verse five, when he says "put to death," that's inviting you to to picture. I mean, it isn't. It, it, you can't literally put together these behaviours. You can't. You can't kill a behaviour, you know, in a, in a literal sense. So there's a, It's a metaphor. He's inviting us to picture what that means. Well, it, it, we, so we picture a scenario, or a situation where we find elements of our old lifestyle are, are 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 redolent and alive. And what do you do? Well, is it? Do you do you rip the picture from the frame? Do you do you do you slash the screen? Do you Do you take a dagger and and slay its heart? I mean, how do you want to picture killing? That's what the apostle is commanding us to do. Or later on, verse 12. uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. It's another picture. I'd like to imagine as I um, come across a text like this, that I've been out on a soaking wet day, I'm, I'm cold, I'm wet through right to my undergarments. I'm absolutely, I'm cold, I'm sodden, I'm muddy, I'm wet. I just feel, ugh. And, and Paul says, the end of verse 9, uh, you've taken off your old self with its practices. It's an appeal to picture. Picture just how horrible and mucky it is. How much you're longing to take off old clothes in order that you can put on fresh, clean, dry ones. Now, take that picture and apply it to our Christian living. What practices, what behaviors do we want to get rid of and chuck in the washing machine? What new things, new ways of thinking, new ways of being, new ways of speaking with and to and of others do we want to clothe clothe ourselves in? Head and heart positional reality in Christ, and experienced reality in Christ. And they need to go together. If we only know this as theory, we'll just, our our feelings will kick in, we'll go up and down. And if we try, what will happen then is we'll, we'll slip into striving, we'll try to be better, we'll try to live up to what our head is telling us, but our heart hasn't yet come alive to. And we'll fail, and then we'll slip into condemnation, And if we live in condemnation for too long, I'm no good, I always fail, I can never match up, I'm not as good as, then we'll slip into despair. I wonder whether there are a few of us even here who know what it is, that loneliness of despair, of trying in our own effort because we filled our minds but not allowed our hearts to come alive with the picture of who it is that God is calling us to be. Very often, this part, if we picture the whole body as a tank, this part is full. But it's crammed full of of talks, Bible studies, and, and knowledge, concepts, rules, duties. But it sits, rather like the cream on the hot chocolate in Starbucks, it just sits on the top. And this bit down here, that the heart bit is empty, not yet fully alive, to the deep love of God. that is is brought about by the rebirth of the Spirit, permeating out through the soul and the body. And once our heart can connect with the knowledge in our heads, then we can truly begin to live in victorious Christian living. This is an illustration that will um, now divide the congregation uh, between the young ones and the old ones. The old ones here, you remember Araldite. Do you remember Araldite? Araldite. You don't have it now because you have super glue and all these other sort of amazing glues. But Araldite used to get two tubes. One clear stuff and one kind of um, sort of opaque stuff. And um, you, you had to use both tubes to stick something together. You needed both the, the, the clear stuff and the other stuff, each on one bit of the surface that you were going to put together. And that's what created the bond. And for God's new life to be cemented and bonded in us, we need both head and heart and finally very briefly we need the will the will is what drives the discipline of replacing heart mind and will and we see it again suffused in these uh, this passage here just again these first few verses since then you've been raised with Christ set your hearts it's it's a command determine to do this the will is linked to our freedom of choice It's a wonderful gift that God has given us. We are free to choose. Every single one of you, you have power this morning. More power than I wonder whether you realize. You have the power to choose how you're going to think and how your your mind is going to feed. You have the power to choose how you're going to feel and experience and kind of know in your inner being how your heart is going to be fed. And the will is the one that det- takes that. It is the will that decides, that can choose. Our wills can work in opposition to our feelings. Those of you going through a Lenten fast at the moment, you probably know that. You feel like, oh, I'd love a chocolate, or I'd love a glass of wine, or whatever it is you may be abstaining from. And you can choose to abstain, ir- irrespective of the fact that your body, uh, you know, your, yourself, is crying out for whatever it is. Each you can choose not, you can choose to do what you don't feel like doing, getting up early. I don't know, no one wants to get out of bed, but you can decide I'm going to. The will is a very, we talk about willpower. It's a very powerful thing, and yet, like a muscle, it needs exercise. Uh, that's why I put on the sheet about the, the leg out of plaster. If any of you've broken a leg or an ankle, you've had your leg in plaster for a bit, and you know how the muscle quickly wastes away. And once the plaster is taken off, you need to exercise the muscle in the leg to bring it up to full strength. The will is the same. We need to determine to exercise our will in order to release the knowledge that we have of God into his life coursing through our lives. The will that energizes the mind and releases the heart to live for God. Jesus said, didn't he, an interesting, interesting order here in John 8, he said to his disciples, if you, and to the disciples this is, if you obey my commands, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will yourself to follow me, to obey me, to live in obedience to me, you will know the truth, head and heart. And knowing the truth, head and heart, our positional reality in Christ and our experienced reality in Christ will set us free. Or look, and with this I finish. Verse 16, let the message of Christ, that's the will, let the message of Christ. There's the truth to the mind. Dwell among you richly. This idea of living, taking up home, a picture to the heart. There's will, there's mind, there's heart all involved in replacing. As we come to Holy Communion, here's my challenge. I'm gonna, I, I'll invite you to move. Um, if you'd like to take Communion, the wafer, just take it, dip it in the chalice. Johnny and H.E. will be there uh, alongside me. Um, if you're a visitor here, or for whatever reason you don't want to take Communion, if you're a visitor, we welcome you. If you're in good standing with other churches, um, then please come and join us this morning. If you're not sure whether to take Communion or not, that's fine, just come up, keep your hands by your side. But come, join with this family moment. And as you do, it, it's a determination to replace an element of lifestyle with a new way of living. If it's passivity and apathy, then it is, it's consciously to determine to be deliberately obedient in a new direction. That we may, might be to do with fear or insignificance. It is to take truths of God, as maybe set out on the sheet on the back, and to allow God to speak to our hearts by his Spirit, to fan that picture into flame of what our lives will look like, walked out differently. Let's stand together.